Welcome to this special edition of St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. We're recording this show in front of the Pierre Laclede Society at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Teachers and school administrators are under increasing pressure these days. There's the focus on test scores, the too large class sizes, the lack of government funding, which forces them to spend time seeking out other resources. And that's without mentioning the outside the classroom challenges that their students grapple with on a daily basis. Two UMSL Connected leaders are trying to address the pressure that teachers are under. Their graduate level course seeks to help principals and administrators fight empathy fatigue and decrease burnout. And they're joining us to talk about it. The first is Mindy Beer. She's the co-director of the Center for Character and Citizenship at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for letting me be here. And we're also joined by Tom Herr. He's an assistant teaching professor and scholar in residence in the Umsel College of Education. And he's also the emeritus head of the New City School. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Mindy, I want to start with you. Um, your work on this class came out of the question of how to instill certain values through education leadership programs. What are those values that you were looking for? So actually, our servant leadership project is around virtues. And the virtues, we have a certain model, and it starts out with your noble purpose, which hopefully your noble purpose in education is to serve, to serve kids, to serve uh, teachers, and to serve the community. So it starts with noble purpose, and then we think that if you cultivate the virtues of humility, courage, gratitude, and forgiveness, that that package, and virtues are always um, kind of, they're, they're always a package. You can't just have one virtue. But those virtues will allow you to practice empowerment, foresight, and stewardship. And that, that package has been shown in business, in the military, in healthcare, to uh, produce these really important outcomes for education. Although it hasn't been, the research in education hasn't been done yet. So we're hoping to do that research to show the really powerful effects of servant leadership on things that are very important for schools. Things like retention, um, longevity of principles, the stability of the institution, the productivity of the institution, and, and things like joy, um, having schools be places kids and adults really want to be. Now, Tom, you actually wrote the book on school leadership, literally. Uh, your book is called The Art of School Leadership. So tell me how these virtues um, that are the focus here fit into what you talked about in that book. Well, and let me just say that, uh, you know, I wrote the book, but I wrote the book because I worked with lots of good people and their ideas are there. And the, the case that I think I try to make is basically who you are is more important than what you know. And that leadership is a function of relationships. And when you talk about leading a group, whether it's a school, whether it's a medical organization, whether it's a radio station, it really boils down to how people interact and how you relate with them. And we can't assume that children are gonna learn that naturally. We can't assume that administrators are going to learn that naturally. What we need to do is formally teach people how to hear other folks, how to learn with them, learn from them. I talk about the formative five in my last book, and I talk about empathy, self-control, integrity, embracing diversity, and grit. And I think empathy is the one with which I begin because that's what we're really needing in the world, helping people understand how to work with other people by listening to them, by working with them. 
Now, we all know people where this seems to come so naturally for them, and then there's some of us who struggle with some of these virtues. Is this something that can be taught to everyone? Absolutely. So the virtues can be taught. They can be learned. In fact, um, if you go back to Aristotelian, um, the virtue ethic, that these are things that people learn through their parents, usually modeling um, through direct instruction and through opportunities to practice. And so as those three things happen, um, people hopefully habituate these what are termed as excellences, but that the practices are, are become habits. And um, I think that this is the key to the virtues. Our grant from the John Templeton Foundation is actually called, Can the Virtues Be Taught? And we absolutely believe they can be, and the, you know, a fledgling amount of research says that, it, that that's true. So tell us a little bit about how you structured this course. I understand it premiered last uh, summer. Um, so how do you go about teaching this when you're setting up a, a game plan for, for that semester? Well, one of, the, one of the things we did was ask the folks in the class, and this met last summer, to make an argument for social-emotional learning. Why is that important? And do a three to five minute video. And they could determine the target audience to whom they were going to speak. Uh, typically, it was the faculty with which they were working. It might have been the parents. And it was beautiful to see people standing, stopping, reflecting, and really looking into the camera and making that case. And again, a lot of what Mindy and I are really trying to do is take what's important and make it more salient, not, not have it be something that we didn't have time to get to, but rather this is a priority. And I, again, I say who you are is more important than what you know. If we believe that, we have to embrace that in our curriculum. So you had this course last summer. What have you heard from participants about how they've been able to implement uh, what they learned? So I could tell a few stories, but one story uh, um, about one of the um, people that are taking this, this servant leadership course and the virtues, uh, she, was, she actually was able to um, survey her students, or actually survey her faculty, and find out that they felt like she wasn't really empowering them, which is one of the virtues in this model, and which she was surprised by. And so one of the things that she did was with a teacher who she had a good relationship with, she went back into the classroom and, and taught a lesson and tried to get the perspective back of the teacher. And so what she had to say was, oh my god, it was really intense. I was so tired at the end. I was so overwhelmed. And I really got back in touch with how difficult it is to be a teacher. And so that's one story. Another is, and they really focusing on gratitude, that most of the administrators that we've dealt with or the teachers that we dealt with feel like they're really good at gratitude. So they're very surprised when the surveys that they they do with their faculty or the administrators or this 360 kind of survey comes back and that people don't feel like they're very appreciated. Mm. So one of the students um, said that what he did was he started going into the classroom just spending five minutes and he would look at some positive thing that happened in the classroom and then write a note. And he did that for each teacher. And he said, you know, a third of them didn't say anything, but a third of them wrote back and, and thanked him. And another third wrote back and said, you know, thank you for doing that. And by the way, we know how hard you work. So they offered him gratitude back. Mm 
And he's talked about how the energy in the school, which kind of lags between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they, people are kind of on E, and he said the energy just improved so much. People were really excited about this, and it really just filled his tank. One of the, one of the issues about which we talked in class is a term that I think we, we can all embrace, and that is empathy fatigue. And when you think about empathy fatigue, it's usually written about vis-a-vis -vis people who work in hospitals, people who work with folks who are in ill health. But the reality is teachers have empathy fatigue often because they're in a very helping profession. Uh, they're giving all of their, their heart, their soul during the day, and then they come home at night and they're really drained, if you will. And one of the things that we've talked about is that the way to counteract empathy fatigue is help people realize how effective they are mm -hmm. and create a collegial body so it's not just me working alone. And one of the things in class, I think, is we created that cohort. We're, we're looking at class this summer, and one of the changes we're going to make in it is that the class is going to meet 10 consecutive days. And we know that by the end of that, this group will have really developed an identity a bond, a centrality, and they'll be able to be supportive of one another after the class ends, and that's the best way to counteract empathy fatigue. We're talking to Tom Herr. He's an assistant teaching professor and scholar-in-residence in the Umsel College of Education. And we're also talking to Mindy Beer. She's the co-director of the Center for Character and Citizenship at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. And we're talking about the servant leadership model and other ways to instill virtues uh, through the education system. And it's interesting, um, you know, hearing about how this helps to, com to combat that empathy fatigue. But on the other hand, there's just so much that teachers and administrators have to pack into their day. And when you talk about leaving, you know, these individual notes, that's something that takes time. How do you help administrators find the time to carve out to do these techniques? They might realize they're going to be helpful, but they're going to say, I'm, I'm too busy. Well, let me jump in on that because I ran schools for many years, and you're right. There's too much to do. There's not enough time to do it. And the key, I think, is to help people step, step back and say what's important on what do I need to focus, what do I need to work. And again, who you are is more important than what you know. We want to develop relationships. We want to empower administrators to look at kids as more than stay nines, as more than percentiles. If we really believe that children of the future, we need to prepare them for success in life, not just to do well in school. That's the basis. And once that realization is there, then I think it's not as if time opens up, but people realize what's important and they're able to work on that. I think that's true. I think that people reprioritize. Um, and that's really important. Admin administrators are so powerful in a school because they really have, um, you know, they have the power and hopefully they share that power in terms of our model. But they have the power to reallocate both um, financial resources, time, space, and in this day and age where so many kids come to school uh, with trauma and and teachers experience that trauma in the classroom. And so being able to allocate resources to bringing in potentially people who can deal with that, who are professional um, counselors. Yesterday I heard about someone called a care specialist and then allocate a special room for that. They have the power to you know, reallocate the budget in ways that can really support this. 
We have a couple great questions from the audience that I want to get to in our last couple minutes here. Um, one is from Paul, and he says, how do you implement the great programs um, you know, that you did at New City School in public schools, which I'm sure don't always have the resources that a place like New City has? Right. I mean, I, but, but I don't think it's resources. I think really it's a will, and I think it's having a commitment. And, and again, too often... I think educators have, have been under this test score sort of Damocles hanging over our heads. And what we do is we measure our success by how well the kid does at the test at the end of the week or the grade at the end of the semester or SAT scores. And I would argue that we need to step back again and say, what's important is what kind of people are we developing? An interesting question sometimes I'll pose to educators when I'm giving a talk. I'll ask them, how would you do things differently if you knew the children that you were teaching we're gonna grow up to be your next door neighbors, or we're gonna be your in-laws. And of course, everybody stops and steps back and thinks, and what, again, that focuses on is who we are as people. And if you've got the will there, that's what you really need. Resources are nice, but motivation and intent is what counts. So one last question, this comes from Peggy, and she asks, how can we help uh, school leaders combat the current increase in bullying at schools? Well, I think that there are lots of different programs for bullying, but the main thing that in, the term, in terms of our work is having a culture in a school that is inclusive and that, you know, I think that there are strategies that are really effective and that are becoming more widespread, such as restorative practices. However, you have to have something to, as, as a friend of mine says, um, you have to have something to restore back to, and that means you have to have strong relationships. You have to have built those relationships. You have to have built a culture in your school, a community in your school that people really want to belong to and that people feel safe in. And so I think that it's that bullying is a symptom of something um, being much more deeper in the school. And, and, and like I think many problems, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. What we need to do, as Mindy says, is cultivate those relationships, help children learn how to listen to one another, help children understand the difference between empathy and sympathy so that they can really become a group that supports one another, even when they're different from one another. Well, Tom Herr, Assistant Teaching Professor and Scholar-in-Residence at the Umsel College of Education, thank you for being here tonight. And thank Mindy you. Beer, Co-Director of the Center for Character and Citizenship at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And I want to thank our audience of the Pierre Laclede Society members for joining us at the University of Missouri-St. Louis for this special edition of St. Louis on the Air. <laughs>